salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Kamish. Less than two weeks away from today, we're going to be witnessing the NBA play-in tournament. This is where we get to enjoy basketball at its finest. We've got 10 teams competing for a chance at the NBA title. This is going to be amazing. This is something that's never happened before. I can't remember anything of this magnitude even happening for the NBA. The closest thing was last year when they had their own playing tournament with, I believe, it was seeds eight and nine tournament. Now this is going to be a little bit different. They're going to have four seeds playing for a shot into the tournament. Actually, it'd be two seeds. The seven and eighth seeds would be determined with this playing tournament. A lot to really you know, figure out and it's not that complicated. Uh, you know, it's it's a brilliant scheme to get more people to watch basketball, to get the ratings up, to uh, get more of that revenue, get more of that NBA dollar under control and into the hands of the commissioner. <laughs> but uh, I, I think what makes it so interesting is that for the last, dare I say, you know, two, three weeks, We've heard about these teams with an opportunity to play into the tournament. And, you know, I think everybody has their own mixed feelings about playing into a tournament. It's something that no one's ever done before on an NBA level. And the response of some of these players, including, of course, LeBron James, is hysterical. He made it clear anybody that made up this rule needs to be fired. You know what? <laughs> Maybe he's got a point. Maybe, you know, a play-in tournament may not be the best idea for a bunch of athletes, a bunch of basketball players that are pretty much playing on their last leg. And I can understand his gripe. I can understand the dilemma that may stem from a lot of these players because of the fact that you're playing into a tournament of which now you're playing more basketball to compete in the top eight seeds of the NBA playoffs. So if you're already exhausted, if you're already suffering from injuries that have been lingering for pretty much the second half of the season, this is going to be very difficult for you to overcome. And for a person like LeBron James, who, you know, I I, I respect the man. I, I have nothing against LeBron on a personal level. And I'm not going to try to make this a debate between he and the NBA. But I think when you're talking about LeBron James and what he feels, he's not afraid to be transparent with his feelings. He's not afraid to come out and say exactly what's on his mind. I know he tries to word it in such a way where it's politically correct, but a good portion of what is being said is just basic opinion based off truth. And I think if you were to get a vote from every player in the NBA about how they felt about the play-in tournament, I think it'd be unanimous. I don't think anybody likes the play-in tournament unless you're the ninth seed, unless you're the 10th seed. Because now you have an opportunity to at least say you've made the playoffs. But the problem is that I think based on how it's set up, uh, the winner of the 9-10 seeds has taken on the loser of the 7-8 seeds to determine the last two seeds of, of the playoffs. It's very confusing. But I, I guess it's still the fact that if more people are tuned in to this confusing idea 
what the playoffs are going to look like moving forward, then more people are going to want to watch. More people are going to attend Buffalo Wild Wings. Not that that's a promo. People are going to find a way to get themselves involved and get hyped up for the playoffs. So the last four teams in both the Eastern and Western conferences, I'm going to start with the East first. And I know the game's still going on, but right now the seventh seed goes to my Boston Celtics, unfortunately. The eighth seed goes to Charlotte. Ninth seed goes to Indianapolis, or Indiana, I should say, the Pacers. And the tenth seed belongs to the Washington Wizards. Now, I'm going to make a compelling argument about the Wizards in just a second. But you think of those four teams that are going to compete for what will be the last two seeds of the playoffs. What's going to make this so grueling is the fact that you're going to be playing playoff basketball before you actually play playoff basketball. You start by playing teams that are going to be so desperate to get into the last two seedings of the conference with a chance to go far. But by the time you play the number one seed, it's a wrap. I don't know how this is going to pan out for Boston and Charlotte and, and Indiana and Washington. But I, I mean, if let's just say you're plagued with injuries right now. Let's just say you're struggling with the guys that you have on the court. And they're already hurt. As you can see, everybody is, is sucking up wind. Let's face it, everybody in the NBA right now, whether you started or you're on the bench, are exhausted. This is probably one of the most grueling seasons you've ever had to face. And I think when LeBron James is speaking from the heart about this, he's saying, hey, well, listen, I've been to 10 finals. I've won four championships. We are the defending world champions and we can't catch a break. Because we haven't had enough time to rest. We didn't any we didn't have any breaks in between during the all-star break. So you want us to run until we're tired, until we just fall dead. And I mean, a lot of guys are dropping like flies due to injuries. So they may not even be ready for the playoffs. So if you're the seventh, eighth, or ninth, or even the tenth seed, if you're suffering from injuries, or you got players that just can't make it because they're exhausted, this is going to be hell in a cell. This is going to be the most excruciating time of your NBA career, the NBA season. But what I like about the last four seeds when you're talking about the Eastern Conference, I like what Charlotte has been doing in the beginning of the season with LaMelo Ball and with Gordon Hayward and uh, my man Scary Terry Rozier and a number of other guys I can't think of right now, they have really put on a clinic. A lot of these games that we've been seeing, whether it be Charlotte, Boston, Indiana, Washington, other teams in the East, going from Philly on down, and in the West, we're talking about the Jazz, the Sun. We've seen a lot of games that go over 100 points. I don't know if anybody's peeped that. I don't know if anybody's really taking the time out to really watch this. But there are every game that I've seen since the start of the season, there is no defense. I don't know anybody, anybody paying attention to that. There, there, I have yet to see any team play true defense. True defense meaning that they've shut this team down to under 100 points. That, in my mind, is my perspective. Now, does that mean that these teams are not playing defense? No. But at the same time, if you allow a team to score more than 100 points, they probably have just as good a chance to win that game 
as the other team outside of it being a blowout if you're up by 20 it's something completely different a lot of these teams they're playing they they win 130 to 115 I saw one score 151 to 139. This is ridiculous. I've never seen so many points in a game in my life. If you're a betting person, go with the over the whole season. Just keep riding the over because chances are you're going to hit on the majority of those games. There is no defense. Now, should there be defense? Of course there should if you're trying to win. But I really do think it comes down to who can shoot more baskets and make more baskets than the next team. And I I can't say if that's competitive basketball, but for this season, given that you're coming off of a COVID season where the season was, was was interrupted because of the pandemic to where we are right now in this season, The question really is, what what more can anybody do? What do you expect these NBA players to do when you ask them to play three or four games a week with very little rest? They really had no off season this past season. They went from playing the finals to two months later playing preseason again. These people are exhausted. Whoever came up with this idea, I won't say should be fired. But I think when you're talking about these organizations, you're talking about management and and these people that supervise this NBA. They oversee the NBA and they 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 they're trying to figure out what's going to work for the organization and what's going to work. I really don't think they take into consideration the health and and and, and the uh, the attrition that that sets in after several weeks or a few months of playing basketball. And considering that they were promised. I don't know if it's promise. Maybe it was in a contract. Who knows? That there would be no All-Star weekend. And then turn around and say, oh, you know what? We're going to have an All-Star weekend. I mean, that is just very shady to me. What, what that really says is we don't really care about you. We just care about the money. We care about how much we can gross in revenue with this All-Star break. And it really doesn't make a difference what we think about you, you, you. We don't think about the teams. We don't care if you just won the championship. We don't care if you're struggling with just six players. We have to make up this money. We got to make up for the money that we might have lost in Houston. You know, I'm not going to digress on that, but they might have something to do with it. We got to make up these millions somehow. We got to make sure that these people stay in contact with basketball. We got to make sure the TV ratings are way up the charts. And and no, they're not going to compete with the NFL. We know that. But it's still the fact that we have to do something about this deficit in their minds. They're probably thinking, we got to make up this deficit from last season. We missed a lot of basketball. A lot of fans couldn't get back their money. Uh, The the stadiums, the arenas were all closed for months. We got to make up this money somehow. And I believe that's what they're thinking. And for the West Coast, I want to go on with the the 7th through 10th seeds in the West Coast as of right now, currently. The 7th seed right now is a tie between the Lakers and, and Portland. They're playing this evening. Then you've got Golden State, the eighth seed, Memphis at the ninth seed, and San Antonio at the tenth seed. This is going to be a struggle like nothing else. And this is going to be the first night of a number of nights when we're talking about the NBA. But I wanted to concentrate about the, I wanted to focus on the play-in tournament because I think this is something that is brand new to a lot of people, young and old. 
that are probably looking at this and saying, okay, well, my team has a chance to go to the playoffs. But on the other hand, you're saying, why are we prolonging the inevitable? We know that San Antonio is not going to go in there and beat Utah should they advance into the playoffs. We know that the Washington Wizards don't have a shot against Philly. Who are we fooling? Even if Game 7 does go to Philly, do you think Washington's going to shoot the lights out against Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and the rest of that team? Of course not. But if you are a fan of the Washington Wizards, if you are a fan of the San Antonio Spurs, this is why we tune in. This is what we're watching. Steph Curry was red hot for the month of April. This man didn't know anything about shooting less than 30 points a game. But yet his team is in the eighth seed right now. And that can probably change within the next week and a half because we still have a few games left before it kicks off. Let's face it. You think Golden State's going to go to Utah and just wipe the floor with Utah? Please. I mean, that's even if they play Utah. What if they, what if they end up playing Phoenix? You really think they're going to just go into Phoenix and just wipe the floor with Phoenix? Please. So I can understand... <laughs> If you do not like this playing tournament bit, because this really doesn't tell the story about anything. This really does not prove anything to anyone. It just shows that your team has an opportunity to play at the next level and then lose. Seven game stretch. I mean, I, I don't know if flying really makes a difference. I don't know if they're going to take a page out of last season and just maybe stay put in one city. But, but, I mean, depending on how this is set up once the playoffs start, I know there won't be a bubble. That much I know is true. So the question really becomes, what do they intend to do once the season, once the postseason kicks off? And, you know, I hear LeBron. This, this brother is suffering. I mean, I, for what I see of LeBron right now, and I'm not laughing at LeBron, so please, don't think that I'm really laughing at LeBron or throwing shade on LeBron. But LeBron amazes me because I think in one breath, he is overjoyed to be on a team where they can repeat as champions. And then the moment something goes wrong, he has a high ankle sprain, he re-injures his ankle, and he makes the statement that he will never play at 100% again. Now, I want to go back to 2013 briefly when he was playing in Miami and I saw him play that series against San Antonio in the finals. And I thought then that LeBron James was really taking the beating when that man shriveled up on the, on the bench because he was suffering from a book to be spasms. It's like he was just getting cramps all over. He, he could stretch it out. He couldn't walk it out. He couldn't, bend it out he couldn't maneuver in any way other than maybe backwards this guy was in pain and, and I'm not making jokes of his pain but it's just the fact that LeBron hasn't been at 100% for a long time and I gotta believe when you're talking about the length of time he's been playing basketball just within the last 10 years alone this guy has not missed the finals he did a few years back when the team didn't make the playoffs that might have been the best for him because he turned around and went to the finals anyway. But it's just the fact that LeBron has been playing nonstop basketball for a very long time. One person, uh, I can't 
I can't remember who it was that brought this stat up about LeBron James and the number of games he's played now in comparison to Michael Jordan at the same age. LeBron James has played over 300 games more than Michael Jordan did when he retired at that age. That's an amazing stat. Just just think about that. There's an 82-game season. This guy has played 300 games. He that's that's about four extra seasons of basketball. And this guy has to suit up. And if this team just happens to be the seventh seed going into the 18th, they gotta play into the tournament at a shot to win the championship. Now that's a feat that I'm pretty sure LeBron James has never taken on before. And the fact that you're talking about LeBron being hurt. You're talking about AD being hurt. You look on the east side. You're looking at Harden being hurt. Kevin Durant is not is not 100%. And I'm pretty sure everybody, if you could just maybe look at each team, there's at least two guys that won't be playing at 100%. But it's still the fact that whether you're playing at 100, 80, 60, this is the playoffs. No, not everybody's played in 10 finals consecutively or roughly within a time span of say 12 13 seasons but it's still the fact that you're tired you look at basketball today these guys are just shooting the lights out hoping they make the shots these guys are putting up 150 points some games 130 points some games i haven't seen so many games over 100 for both winning and losing teams it's amazing. There's just no defense. There's no consistency outside the fact that these teams may win a game but lose two. There are more games competing for a spot in the playoffs under 500 than they are over 500. There's a lot of teams out here that are under 500, meaning they have losing records going into the playoffs. This is no not. This is this is no joke. This is what it is. These are the stats that I'm looking at right now. And I don't know offhand if the NBA is going to stick with this. But it's just amazing that when you want to make more money, you think that this is the way to do it. This makes more sense in the world than anything else. I, I think they generated a good point. I don't know the numbers, but I know they generated more money near the end of the season with the postseason than they did the entire season. But of course, you know, COVID affected the season. So you missed maybe three or four months of basketball. But it's still the fact that they they understand that the fan, the viewer, the person that's going to dedicate hours to watching these games is going to help bring this NBA organization back to its feet. They have to find a way to do so at the expense of these athletes. I don't think it's fair. The commission would be the first one to tell you these guys are all struggling. They're all tired. A lot of guys with... Uh, ankles and backs and necks and shoulders and the whole nine. So how competitive do you think the playoffs are going to be if the majority of guys are going to miss some game time? I just heard Zion is out for a number of time indefinitely due to a fractured finger. This, this has not been beneficial for the players. It may be more beneficial for the NBA, but these players are really taking a hit. I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen once this season is over. Because I got to believe you're not going to find an NBA player for some time. 
if they decide to go into hiding and not show their faces again until Thanksgiving, we'll know why. But this is what we're go- this is what we're up against, and we're less than two weeks away from the playing tournament. So this is going to be an interesting show of events. So says the commission. I didn't want to spend a lot of time in the NBA tonight. I will pick on some of these teams, and I will bring up who I believe should be MVP the next show. But again, you know for what the NBA has done to this point, I commend them. There's a lot that they had to go through. The season itself was grueling. But then you talk about all these other issues outside of basketball with uh, innocent black men being shot and killed, and women as well, and, and their protest against how police brutality has affected those cities, taking a knee, keeping silent, um, just not playing basketball. It's commendable. And I, and I really appreciate what the NBA has done and a lot of other leagues as well. But, you know, for what's coming up over the next few weeks, this is going to be fascinating stuff. I will do my best to talk more about the NBA in full starting next weekend. When we talk more about these players that should be MVP. I know what everybody's thinking. I already know where people are going with this. But I'm going to bring it to the light my way on the Kneel Down podcast. I have been the host, the commission. I want to thank everybody again for patiently listening to my show. I do my best to at least get everybody involved. I like to represent all the cities out there that are going to be in the playoffs and all. And I will do more of that when the time comes. But until that day comes, I want to say peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe this weekend. Get vaccinated. I'm out.